Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Light the Fight. I is David. <laughs> and I'm Heidi. Uh, <laughs> Heidi. I hate that, you know. What's what's I'm the, David and I'm Heidi. What's the date today? I don't know. We're it's definitely towards the end of July. July thirtieth. It's July thirtieth all day. And And there's thirty one days in July, so we aren't quite to the end of the week. <laughs> we're not quite to the end of the week. But the reason why I asked you the date is you guys he wants to make sure that i'm in town in town for this weekend no. <laughs> he's like yeah, just double check yeah we have a light to fight workshop and i'm just <laughs> clarifying that heidi's going to attend the workshop because i'm gonna be lonely i'm only just half of it i'd say 49 percent. well you're 49 percent of the content and 69 percent of the challenge right <laughs> <laughs> well and actually i I'm looking forward to it because I always learn something new. So I'm excited to find out what I'm going to learn about this time. Well, that's what I meant as far as like your big part of the challenge. Cause every time we bring up every single topic, very like, <laughs> okay, this is something I struggle with. I'm like, hi, you said that every single time we talked about something, not every time. You guys, yeah. It's yeah. just hard for me. Well, it's hard for me. <laughs> that's why we're here for those people. We're, Brave enough to go back to the very first couple podcasts that we did in my office with horrible sound. Um, not not our producer's fault, just my office was not made for producing anything or recording anything. And the fact that I couldn't speak. You know, you, you went to see, get because some professional help recently. Some <laughs> no, but back then we did identify mm-hmm. that, you know, Heidi with all of her life experiences, with all the parents that she talks to pretty much on the daily you're the best person to go out into the field and gather up troubles and struggles and challenges because you're the one degree of separation in your community from all the struggles that parents go through because parents come to you and they, they tell you what's going on. They trust you. Also, I don't have the license that prevents me from talking about the things that I That's talk true. about. That's true. You can just talk about it. For <laughs> me, people know that they have to make an appointment and pay me. Like That's the agreement. That's right. Otherwise, you know, I, I get those. Uh, I got one last night, actually. Got a parent just randomly jump out from the dark and like, hey, let me ask you three three quick questions. Oh, that was three quick questions doesn't exist when it yeah. comes to your teenager that t- you're scared about. That's why we about. can't tell people where you work out. Otherwise they'd like be on the treadmill next to you. I did have one lady <laughs> I was like working out and she kept on like looking over, looking over, and she walked up to me and she held up her phone and it was our podcast, me and you, and she's like, Is that you? I'm like, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And no, uh, she was sweet. She said she was a fan of the podcast. It was kind of cool. But yeah, so if anyone wants to know, I work out in um, Reno, Nevada <laughs> at the Vasa Fitness there. <laughs> I just commute every day. But without any more of our jibber jabber, as you can tell, I'm buying some time, trying to let the caffeine kick in a little bit because uh, it was a hot day today, 100 degrees. You guys, I had the best day. Yeah, yeah you had a great day. I you had the best in the day. Garden. I mean, I hiked this morning. 
I set a timer and worked in my yard because I could really spend a, a long time in, in the yard. And, and um, so I had to kind of set a timer and limit myself. But I loved it. Um, I don't know if you happen to follow me on social media, but we have a foreign exchange student staying with us right now. And that's been just a really interesting, <laughs> a really interesting experience. Um, and I think we're all kind of still like trying to figure that out the communication and she's she's a 14 year old girl from japan and um you know i thought oh this is gonna be great colton will help i mean he's around a little bit and there's a domino gato every now and then and i'm out <laughs> he really just like talks to them in english you know just he's like trying to force them to speak english anyway it's been a, a good experience also it's it's caused me to have to like construct my life a little bit with a little bit more structure. So you can't stab um, balls people... while the girls are around. <laughs> oh, and it may be a traumatizing American yeah, experience for yeah, them. Yeah. I'm, I, I've tried to remain calm. Both, both the girls who are with myself, and my sister are um, only ch children. And uh, I think it's been pretty eye opening for them. <laughs> Plus we have dogs again, very eye opening. Plus Walmart, super eye opening. So it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of Plus, they've probably never seen so many blonde-haired, blue-eyed people in their whole entire life. Yeah, they're they're kind of amazed by the whole thing, so it's fun. See, so Sam over at my house, ate sushi every day. Yeah, they feel, they, they feel right at home. They would love that. <laughs> Instead, I'm giving them like, here's a peanut butter sandwich. Choke this down. Actually, maybe they want American <laughs> stuff. Maybe they want you know something different. Yeah. Well. Well, they're getting that. The reason why I asked you about the date is got bad news for all of our listeners out there, especially those people that live in, in, in this part of the country. Not much time is left in summer. It's true. And we're actually three weeks out from starting the new school year. Um, for Unless your name's Connor Swap. Unless your name's Connor Swap or my daughter as well. You know, she also started. She started last week, you know, the end of last week. So, um no, actually, she was there all last week. But yeah, you know, the all year round school. Um, but with it being the the end of July and coming around, a lot of people have already done their family vacations, or they got you know maybe one more plan. There's just not a lot of time left, and so in about a week or so, you're going to start doing this thing called worrying. And um, and if you're not, your kids are. Yeah, and <laughs> but worrying about something different instead of worrying about how you're going to get them up by noon every day. <laughs> Or you know, worrying about where they're at because they're running the neighborhoods because it's you know it's fun summertime. Now you're gonna be worrying about school stuff, homework, homework, um, and Grades. also you know things that maybe didn't go the way that you or your kid wanted to last year. You're gonna be worried about you know all the things that you know you want to change to make sure that this year is better than last year. No one wants to repeat a bad year, and even if you had a good year last year, you want it to be even better this year. So um, so we thought we'd have a little discussion today about um, just, you know, some of the things that we hear from parents that are on the worrying list or things to worry about within the next couple of weeks. Uh, before we get started with that, I do want to give a, a friendly reminder that we are sponsored by teencounseling.com. And if you're new to the podcast, you haven't heard about them, teencounseling.com is a great invention for 2019. In our workshop, we talk about you know, updating your app, you know, whatever your parenting style was back in 2012, 2013, you got to update that thing. <laughs> Quick. But, yeah. Snapchat didn't even exist back then. Yeah. Instagram, nobody knew what Instagram was. So 
teencounseling.com, they take the opportunity of matching you with a therapist that meets your needs for your teenager and yourself. And the reason why this is a big deal, I can attest this being a teen therapist, there's just not a lot of therapists that went into school and went into the business that were focusing specifically on teenagers. And in all honesty, I could see why. It's not the easiest population to work with. They're usually not wanting to come to counseling. And so because of that, there wasn't a lot of teenager, there wasn't a lot of teen therapists that I even went to school with. And that's not usually, you know, the common thing that people go to therapy for. So what teencounseling.com is, it can match you up with therapy over using the internet with your phone. And most counseling is done with the phone. So here's how it works. You go to teencounseling.com, use backslash LTF. You'll get a 10% discount for being a listener here of our podcast. And you'll be able to get matched up with a therapist. That's going to be the right situation for you. And also a specialty, ther- the specialty, kind of the right. exactly. They're going to find what your challenges are, what you're looking for. But the good thing about it is you get access to their da- database of therapists all around the country, not just to your area. And for those people who live in rural areas, or if you just live in an area where you don't have a therapist or I'm like the only guy in your area. And you know, if I'm not accepting new clients or like this, if you work, and or if you, you work. can't get your kid, I mean, just trying to juggle doctor's appointments and therapy appointments is hard, but let's be honest. Yeah. And so this gives you the opportunity to get counseling, but here's what it gives. It gives your children, your teenagers, the opportunity to be able to be a part of the process because they're doing it through their phone. This is going to be through uh, um, voice calls, texting, and it's, I just want you to think of FaceTime. It's, it's basically like a FaceTime that they do through their app. And so go to teen counseling backslash LTF to get your 10% discount. Go through it, check out their website. I talked to them for a very long time before we, before we agreed to have them as a sponsor. I've been looking for so long to help provide parents with new alternatives, but also convenience and the ability to follow through with weekly appointments through your phone is going to make it something that you can keep consistent with. Because just like anything, going to the gym, just like you know, going to school, the more you do it, the more you're going to get out of it. So teen counseling backslash LTF, get your 10% discount and give us some feedback. Let us know your experience. So far, we've had lots of people visit the side. We have a number of people sign up. We're excited to have them as a partner. Well, and I, I will share just really quick. This week, I have um, had some feedback from three different families who have been really thrilled with how quick they got paired and how easy it was and how like the barrier to entry to get their kid to participate was so much lower. Um, And they've even said, you know, that they approached it from, let's just give it a try. What can we, you know, there's nothing to lose. Let's just, let's just kind of, well, you know, it can't hurt type of a thing. And so, you know, even if you're just contemplating it, it, it's worth it probably to go fill out the questionnaire and just kind of check it out, get a feel for it. You don't have to sign up on the spot. You can kind of, you can kind of poke around there and, and get a feel for it. Um, but I've, I've received three different really nice messages about um, how, what a, like, weight off the shoulders kind of a feeling it's been to be like, okay. You just literally described the opposite of what people say about meeting with me. (laughs) Quick, easy to get a hold of, fast response, easy to get an appointment with. You're the worst. Gosh, man. I'm sorry. This this is not about me. I apologize, teencounseling.com. I just realized my shortcomings in that moment. I'm like, that is so amazing. My, My clients would love that. 
I know. So That's... if you're a client of mine, you want to give them a shot over me, I wouldn't blame you one bit. So, And also, too, we got a big shout out to our community sponsor, which is 1-800-CONTACTS. Without them, we wouldn't be in business. We'd be sitting here, you know, just sitting there talking about our feelings, but we wouldn't really have the support to actually do what we do. So thank you to 1-800-CONTACTS, the great people there. And they got amazing contacts, too. So They've, go they, to them, get your eyes tested, you know, and as Heidi and uh, many of our listeners know now, um, they can do a lot more for your contact needs than you even know. But don't take my word for it. Go to 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. That's right. Or use the download their app. Go to the app. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to the pre-back-to-school stress and worry. So if you weren't worried about your kid going back to school, listen to our podcast and you will be. You know, I wonder to myself, though, like, who has more anxiety to the back to school, the parents or the kids? Because it, it's Well, I'd say the parents because you ha- they have theirs, but you have theirs and yours. I mean, f- as a mom, you're like, okay, I got to get the kids back to school because they're driving me nuts. And, and uh, you know, you're tired of cleaning up after them. You're tired of all the demands. You're tired of the going back and forth and the late nights and, you know, all that stuff because it. It does wear you out. But then when you start thinking about like homework and- That's not a walk in the park either. Uh, That's not You fun. start thinking to yourself, I would be fine with, you know, this mess. <laughs> anyway, so for me, um, I do start feeling like kind of start feeling some stomach aches. And for and for us, like, um, you know, I've got a daughter who's going to college for the first time. So she's kind of experiencing- some of those concerns. I've got a son who I'm hoping will stay in college. <laughs> so they're, you know, I'm trying not to be concerned mm. about that. Um, and, you know, my daughter who's in middle school, the only thing she cares about is who's in her classes. You know, that's the only thing that matters. And um, for my for my sixth grader, I and I have to report third week in a row. I know I'm reporting about Connor, but um, he's actually having such a he, he's responding so well, um, and I just kind of ties back to the fact that he was really really part of that process. So um, we did do homework today. Yay, homework! <laughs> and if I thought it was challenging to like try to get him to go to bed, like. Try him being the only one that has a commitment in the morning. You know, it's 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 a little frustrating. Which is why we're going to talk about going back to school. So what are the things, the biggest things right now that um, parents are going through in regards to the upcoming worries of the new school year? Well, we want our kids to succeed. Yeah. We want them to, number one, we want them to succeed academically. And um, there's a lot of variables, right, to academic success. <laughs> You've got number one. It's hard for me because I've got some kids that I do hold to an A, and I've got some kids that I say, let's just pass. Let's just see. Let's just do not, get degrees. Let's actually. just not fail. <laughs> so we don't certain, have to retake this class. Yeah. You know, like whatever. Um, so I think that academic success is stressful. Um, You know, I will never forget because it was the first time that I'd ever thought about it, but you said on this podcast, and it's probably been a year ago since you said it, that you said when when anybody drops their kid off to school, um, particularly like imagine like a little 
a little kid walking into elementary, there's not very many moms who are thinking, man, I hope that she learned her spelling words. And I hope that she gets those times tables by the end of the year. No, you're thinking to yourself, I either I hope that they make friends or I hope they don't hit a kid. Or, you know, whatever. Or I hope the teacher <laughs> knows how to teach my child so that they'll be confident so they're not coming home hating school. So it's definitely more the social interactions between the kid, the teacher, your child, and your friends. That That's that that's on the number one priority when you're dropping your kid off in the first day of school. Now, as the year goes on, you'll have plenty of time to worry about the grades. But that first day, it really is the experience, and they you want them to have a good one. And academic success and social success don't blend easily i mean it's two different it's two different things that yeah, i'm you sure great that, you know yeah and not great at talking to your peers right or you'd be great at talking to your peers and not really good at math and you can be really actually good at math and have a teacher that you don't connect with and that you don't jive with and then that can blow up your whole entire <laughs> outlook on math yeah what are some other things um that uh might be worrisome to some parents starting out the new school year? You know, something that happened and okay, so you guys know me. You know that it is taking every ounce of my like control to not go into that teacher, sit down and give him, give her Connor's 10 year history of all the problems that he's had and the things that he struggled with and the weaknesses that he has and the problems. And I just want to like do all the like setting it you up. You should send a text <laughs> that's as long as your finger to your elbow. It would elbow. be longer than that okay. probably because That's what she said me before I met her. I really feel like I want that teacher to know everything to set Connor up for success. And, you know, I, like all the parents out there, know that my child has got some individual needs and an individual learning challenges. And, um, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed about that. And I do want to share something really interesting happened. Um, and I think this came, to, came home on Friday of last week, so the second day of school. And the teacher gave the kids a little personality test a little personality slash learning dynamic test. Like one of the color tests? Yes, yeah. it was a color test. And um, and then when they took the test, the kids took the test, and then they figured out what color they were, and then she passed out the papers that said, I'm whatever color I am, and then it described them. And when Connor came home from school on on Friday, and he pulls it out, and he wants me to read, like he wanted me to read what that said. And he goes, this totally describes me, mom. Um, and he, he was an orange. And it, I don't know, I just had this like, I just had this moment that I was like, okay, I've got a teacher who not only defined that to her, and figured out, okay, this is the dynamics that I have in my class, but also empowered those kids to help them understand what type of experience is going to help them thrive. 
It was really, really cool. That's a great idea that she did that. And then I found the tests online. And I realized that that's something that all of us could do for all of our kids at any age. Could be a fun family activity, even, to print out that little test and to do it. Um, I'm kind of, I wasn't planning on talking about that, but it was just such an empowering thing for Connor um, and clarifying thing. And I thought to myself, you know, okay, the teacher knows. The teacher knows this is what Connor's like. And I thought that was really cool. How much do you think, um, and yeah, that that is really cool. It just made me think about something else. How much do you think also, and I don't, I'm not saying that parents should be, that you think parents going back to school would be worried about their kids' safety? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not for everybody, think, but for Well, I some. think that... Um, but a lot of bad things have happened in our country in recent years at schools. Yeah. Not to I, mention... I agree. That's an outside threat. Um, but not to mention safety even within the school. Bullying. Um, bullying is, is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we already addressed the the connection between the teacher and the child. But if you're bullied, you can easily be pushed out. So not having a friend group, I think, is a huge – it's a very specific worry about the social challenges mm-hmm. because – some kids eat lunch alone. Some kids don't have other options or they don't know how to connect with people. I know a lot of kids will just get lucky sometimes. Another kid will go, hey, you can eat with us or they make a friend. But some kids don't get that lucky. So safety, isolation, being bullied. Anything else you can think of? What about the wrong friend groups? <laughs> what about being influenced by kids who are using language or behaving in ways that your child would not learn that from you or any of your close friends or family members? What about that one? Do you think parents are worried about not necessarily them getting friends, but worried about being with the friends that you know require a lot of things done in order to be part of the friend group. You know, you got to do outlandish things. You got to, you know, make inappropriate jokes. You got to be funny. But now we're talking about different age groups, but I'm thinking definitely more of when you get later years of elementary and middle school and high school, sometimes become part of a friend group. If it's not necessarily a, a friend group that you want your kid to be a part of, sometimes in order to be part of the friend group, the initiation is to kind of be unruly, to, you know, Break rules, test the limits, things like that. Think parents are worried about stuff like that? Kids having to change to fit in. Yep. Compromise. Compromise. So out of all those things right now, which which of the things do you think are starting to be a concern for most parents? That we're three weeks out. Well, all I, I mean, based on just like the messages that are coming to us. Yeah, that's why I'm asking. Um, I hear a lot from, I think recently I hear a lot from parents that are divorced that are trying to navigate how to um, co-parent with someone that doesn't live with them. So 
that becomes a stressful situation, especially um, as school starts. Maybe there's new schools. Maybe there's new situations. And and I've I've heard quite a few on that one. The other thing that I feel like I've heard a lot recently is parents who are worried about an introverted kid. Um, because that introverted kid isn't really coming to them and maybe they're sensing their concern or even like maybe the introverted guessing their Yeah, maybe the introverted kid could be really comfortable just playing video games or being on their phone or being on technology. Because a lot parent, of times and the parents are just just worried because they don't like it. Well, yeah, and we, we all know it's not healthy. Even if your kid could invent like the next best video game or, you know, it was going to be some great coder someday, or maybe they just naturally had that interest and ability. Um, I don't think too many parents are looking at their kid, isolating themselves and, and, you know, being overwhelmed or over consumption of video games and, and technology. I don't think most parents look at that and go, Oh, that's great for them in the long run. I, I think that at this particular stage, it's important to find ways to be creative to get your kids not so emotionally codependent on devices. Uh, lots of kids that uh, I've been working with this summer have confessed, confessed to me in one way or the other that they feel as if um, their boredom and they're not having options, not having people to hang out with just causes them to turn towards video games and turn towards technology a lot more than they would actually want to, but it's safer. You know, when you press the Xbox and you turn it on or you turn on, you click on your social media app, it doesn't say, hey, I don't want to hang out with you. I'm not going to text you, you know, just just prepared, be prepared that you no know, one wants to hang out with you. There's no rejection there. there. It's a safe place. You know, you go play the video game, you pass the level, it says, congratulations, you win, you're amazing. So there's so much positive reward for accomplishing those tasks. And for some kids, the social task of going out and connecting with other people and being invited and, uh, and taking advantage of those situations, sometimes it's, it's littered with really bad social experiences from the year prior. So the number one, I was asking you to kind of see what you're getting, the, the number one concern that I get, but of course I'm getting parents come to me for counseling, is that, is that they don't want the last year they don't want this year to be a continual growth of last year's coping mechanisms of just staying busy with fun things like games and te technological things, social media, as the way that they cope with not being asked to hang out or not having good friends. And so, like, how to actually create a fresh start? How to how to create a fresh start? How to be able to have last year's um, high school experience or middle school experience? as a painful reminder that you need to do things differently versus looking at last year and saying, I survived it because I just played lots of video games. I survived it because, you know, I just, you know, vegged out on YouTube for hours on end or, you know, instead of trying to be okay with those coping mechanisms and just kind of be at peace with that, that that's going to be your life to not get comfortable in that uncomfortable comfort zone. Hmm. And, um, so that's that's the big thing that I've been hearing is not want to repeat last year. They're seeing that their kids are getting too comfortable. And as I just said, I call it the uncomfortable comfort zone. It's like they get comfortable being bored and just scrolling through their life. It's just easier. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot easier because there's not risk in it. You don't have to, you're not going to get rejected if you're just scrolling. And um, 
they don't want that to be repeated. And privately, when I talk to the teenagers, they say the same thing. They don't usually like to say it in front of their parents sometimes because um, it's painful to talk out loud. And, and sometimes parents have been saying that for a while, they so it's almost valid. They don't want the parent to be right. They want the parent to be right. But I'm just so confident on this. I don't know any young person, even if they're more introverted, that doesn't want at least a couple good friends yeah. to enjoy the video games with. And I'm not talking about people live in other countries or other states that you do online gaming with or the friends that you play games with, but you never hang out with in real life. So um, I would like to talk about that one a little bit, give some parents some suggestions, uh, how to be able to break the habit of using technology as your emotional caregiver and start the habit of using technology as the vehicle to connect with people. Do you do you find that's mostly a boy thing? I find video games for, is predominantly boys for and social, social media, media is, is more predominantly of a girl. girls. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say predominant. I should say that girls tend to and there's a lot of biological factors for this. Girls tend to gravitate more towards the social media um to know what people are doing and boys do too. Um but boys have the video game thing that's that plays so much to the to the male ego and plays so much to the you're special and you're important because you've mastered something. Mm-hmm. Um, huh? Hero's journey. Hero's journey. And uh, w- with girls, you know, sometimes being the hero is being liked. Sometimes being the hero is being the person who seems to have a lot of eyes on you. And I'm not saying that, you know, all girls do that in inappropriate ways, but sometimes just some girls are really creative and guys too are really creative at getting people to look at what they're doing. And, and some any, methods don't require a lot of creativity and some methods <laughs> don't require a lot of creativity. They just require a little bit of skin or a little bit of opening people's imaginations to not wearing a lot of clothes, I guess is probably the, the Politically correct way to say that. Okay, so that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to define, because when we talk about gaming, I and and we go down and we talk about devices and we talk about technology and we talk about that, I, I kind of always go to sort of that boy track. And, and maybe that's just because in my experience, the girls, my girls, their friends don't care about games. But when it comes to social media or some Absolutely, of those social yeah. media apps they are all in um but i do have to say so this week was just the the fortnite world cup did you hear about this i heard about it yes <laughs> there's a 16 year old kid that is now three million dollars richer because of that game and that may have fueled some fortnite fire in my household <laughs> Whew. anyway that's that's all I'm going to say about that. If someone can make $3 million doing it, well, then Mom, why, why can't don't I? All they, yep. Why can't I? <laughs> um, Pretty smart of Fortnite. Those people are smart. Those Fortnite people. Well, I think there's a couple different categories. There's the there's a pretty introverted boys who are all about gaming and not really much about social media. They, they might dabble with it a little bit. And then there's the girls who are all about Snapchat, all about Instagram. And they don't really mess with video games unless it's like just playing around with a friend or something. Right. 
But then you have a lot of people where I think this is the place where it's not really even a gender thing. It's just this is kind of the biggest melting pot is any form of messaging. So Texas, DMs, yes, yes, yes. group me. To be outside of those uh, text threads, those messages, uh, the, the Snapchat, like to be outside of the group is a dangerous place to be socially because the people on the outside are the ones that are more likely to be picked off. If your position in the center of a group, it seems to feel a lot safer for teenagers. And, um, and when I, we're probably talking about a little bit more of the, the older kid, like preteen teenagers right now, cause that's where more the group me and, you know, those things are going to start happening, you know, when you start getting close to teenagers, but to be on the outside of those things can, can be pretty, pretty worrisome. Um, I say this a lot to people, but the most important thing at school is not schoolwork. It's, it's never been schoolwork. It is the reason why you're there. It is the intent. But the social, it just, that's how you survive at school. This is not college where you pay extraordinary amounts of money and you go there for just the time that you're at class. Maybe you're at the library and then you're gone. It's not just a destination to learn and then leave. High school and junior high is a world. And what I want to say about that is that when I was young, that never even occurred to me. Like it, like to me, high school was a pathway to college, which was a pathway to success. And so for like, and I think if you were to ask my parents or whatever, like school was academics. That's why we went. That's what the focus needed to be. And so I think that this is a really important thing as as parents right now to realize that social is, I mean, social has always been a necessity to survive. Um, but I think that it's important for us to look at the high school experience and the things that kids are worried about and having anxiety with and struggling with to look at that through that lens. Look at middle school parents and high school as the melting pot where um, environment, nature, DNA, life experiences, um, the world, your future, and all at the same time, working out really primitive human behaviors. <laughs> and you throw in hormones. Sounds super fun. <laughs> you throw in hormones. And the introduction of, well, let's just put it this way. The middle-aged kid, middle, middle school-aged kid and young high school kid, it wasn't too many years ago where they were having babies. They were starting families. Oh, yeah, 14, 15 years old. Did you know your, your body wasn't technically made to have babies in the late 30s and 40s? You can do it. When is your body starting puberty? When is your body going through these changes? My point is all these things are coming together. I'm just in, in case you can't see me, in case you're time. not on YouTube, I'm just kind of blinking. Like, okay, okay. These are you're clashing right. You're, at the same it's time. true. Okay. So tribalism gets introduced. Tribalism. That, Got it. that is what creates wars it's what creates negotiations it's what helps allies like this is adult type of world that they're just experiencing for the first time my friend group against your friend group boys against girls this against that like you start seeing these games these are social games that start to get played at this age 
And some kids are clueless. They don't know they're in a game and they're losing. Other kids, a couple of those things seem to come natural. They catch a break. Maybe they have popularity because their parents famous for something or <laughs> they have lots of money or they're extraordinarily attractive. Maybe they get like a lucky draw. And so maybe it's a little bit easier for them. But this is where it all comes to a head. This is mini life all in one area that has a root. Well, in Utah, it has a roof over it. Schools, you know, <laughs> indoor schools, not right. where I'm from. But if you think about it, like this is like everybody coming. Imagine, imagine back in the old days where countries had just found out that, wow, these people over in the Eastern countries, they got amazing, you know, um, spices and stuff for medicines. And then these other part of countries, oh, we have wheats and we, and they just first came together and was like, wow, I have something, you have something. Let's see if we can exchange these things together. And it's like a little trade and network. I remember I was meeting with a social media um, guru a long time ago about my nonprofit with teens. And he said, you're actually creating something for the population of human beings that invented social media. Teenagers, the best networkers in the world. Before there was social media, there was gossip in high schools that would spread a rumor faster. <laughs> By the time you finished your yawn, oh, you know, you're on, boom, everybody knew where the party was at, who was getting in a fight at 3.30, and it's like, all eyes on. But now you introduce connection through digital and through social media, there's so much coming at every single kid. Some kids can really keep up with it. Their brain can, can handle it. But even the ones that can handle it, they're extraordinarily stressed. So in a nutshell, the stress that your teenager has to go through, that your child is going to go through from all those things happening in one specific place. See, in college, there's so much more, okay, let's develop my own individuality, let me go to class on my own. Like in college, you don't have to go to class with a girlfriend or walk with a group of friends. Like you have different classes. Like Plus nobody knew where you were. You, well, you were people, like in kindergarten. Yeah, you so. meet people in the classes. You're not your social groups and then we're all going to go to the same college. In fact, in high school, social groups get broken up because people go to different colleges and they realize that my path is going to be different than someone else's. In high school, so many people feel stuck and trapped in this environment that is the crossroads of all the things in their life, a family, past, future hopes and dreams, athletics, music, culture, poetry, math, sciences. It's like the melting pot of all these things for with little adults who are just semi-pros. They're not getting paid to do any of this, but yet they're supposed to take it serious and have the stress that if they're not accomplishing something major right now, they'll never be anything in the future. If you don't have kids out there that are involved in sports right now, then you don't know how much it costs, not for them to play, but for them to compete at a high level. The pressure to have training by professionals, you only got training by professionals if you're a college athlete to pros. Now, you could be six years old being trained by top pro as long as you got the cake. And guess what? Families that don't have the cake, they figure it out because that could be their ticket to ride. For some families, they are secretly hoping and dreaming that their kid is going to be the next you know, professional athlete because that'd be a really easy 401k. Like they just made it rich, okay? But if you're not partnering up with your kid through this process and you're not helping get through that, I would tell parents, even if they did make it rich, they ain't going to share it with you. <laughs> you got to be working together. 
with your kid on this. So I'm just building the scenario of all these crossroads and all these things happening. I just want to introduce a, like a story for you guys to see. This is really the very first, imagine like a dock in Europe where all the boats are coming in. That's what's happening your first day of school. Everybody's showing up on different boats. You're showing up in different cars. Oh yeah, that's the rich family. They got a really nice car. Oh, that car looks like it may not make it out of the parking lot. Pup, 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 pup. And that kid's embarrassed that his parents dropping him off there. You see all these different people pulling into the port. But what you don't know is how these are all going to mesh and blend together. Huge part of it has to do with the school, which is why, oh, we got to reach out to some of our uh, school principals to see if we can get them to be on guests really soon here. We got a couple who said they would already. Okay. All right. So, um, so you get what I'm saying though? I'm just, I'm just trying to like get this all together because instead of saying, okay, what are your kids are worried about? I don't want this to be like when I'm in KSL for five minutes. Like here's five things. Boom, boom, boom. Peace out. See you later. It's like record that, rewind it and follow that. No, I want to have a conversation about this. Do you agree with everything that I just said? Or can you see what I'm trying to present? Yes. The and visual. I, and I think what's interesting is that, yes. And, and this is kind of the, not the argument, but the conversation that happens over and over again with with parents that say, yeah, high school was tough when I was there. Middle school sucked. Uh, yeah, I had social problems and I fought with my parents and I was offered drugs my first day of seventh grade. You know, like some of this stuff has not changed. Some of the stuff is exactly what we went through when we were that age. Yes. But then there's a lot of things that are different. And um, and I think that that's what, as you're building this picture, and then, you know, like you, you throw a match on it or something, you know, like it's bigger, the, the, this fire, this conflict, the challenge is, is burning brighter and bigger and needs to be dealt with in, in a better way. Well, a big reason why I'm explaining it this way so that you can have an easier time talking with your kids. One of the biggest statistics that's been around for a while, maybe our producer can just Google a couple of stats on this really quickly because I can't run it. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But um, one of the biggest things is the increase in teenage stress. Huge. Yeah. So just Google that really quick, Brand, like, you know, um, if, if you see this is one big melting pot where everything comes together, you're seeing trade happening. You're seeing network happening. You're seeing future um, lawyers and attorneys debating with parents and teachers and saying, well, I don't know. Like, you know, I was absent, but the teacher didn't mark me secret here. Secret agents. You know, secret agents. <laughs> then you have little spies like, okay, they go from one friend group. Okay, this is what they're talking about. You What? Okay, go back and see what else. So you're seeing that everyone's trying to find out where they fit in, how they add value. How about the little entrepreneurs? Okay, little entrepreneurs. Okay. Okay. Teens reported that their stress levels during the school year far exceeded what they believed to be healthy, 5.8 versus 3.9 on a 10-point scale. And topped adults' average reported stress levels of 5.8, or uh, adults' average reported stress levels. It says 5.8 for teens versus 5.1 for adults. Even during the summer from August 3rd to August 31st, hey, we're almost on August 3rd, um, when interviewing took place, teens reported their stress during the prior month at levels higher than what they believe is healthy, 
4.6 versus 3.9 on a 10 point scale. And that was just, it took him like 10 seconds to pull that one up. So it's saying, it's saying that what's deemed is normal healthy stress, teens are way stressed out higher than that and they're stressed out more than adults. And so to paint the picture of how I communicate this to parents, because a lot of times parents come to me, they don't understand how their kids can be so stressed. They have an iPhone, they have this. They only think of all the access to what the parent think is a luxury item. These are luxury goods. And the kids see it as like, no, this is just survival tools. And you guys, this is this is a when we start talking, treading on tender ground for me. Um, because this, this is exactly where I was with my son, Corey. When he started to say to me, or, or when I'm learning that he's depressed and I'm saying to him things like, what do you possibly have to be sad about? And that was like, okay, I shouldn't have said it like that. That was that, that was shaming Heidi. I'm really good at that. But that was my genuine thought was, dude, you have it all. Yeah, you're looking at what he has and you're saying that doesn't match up what he's saying. And and so I didn't I just didn't look at it from this perspective that the things that that he has is like a bow and arrow in the quiver, you know, to go out and get food. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it is because if you think about it, you go to work hoping to make people happy, hoping to make your boss happy. You don't go to work wondering if you're going to beat up. And I always use that example. Parents always look at me, well, you know, not every day in the high school you look that you're going to beat up. I'm like, do you remember walking through the cafeteria and you have to avoid certain groups of people? Maybe your brain isn't saying you could get beat up, but your brain is saying walking by those people, specifically by yourself, could be running a risk of becoming the butt of their jokes. Because teenagers like to compare and they like to criticize other people and the teenagers that are being more criticized at home or that are criticizing themselves because they're maybe depressed or struggle with self-esteem, they're going to be more likely to openly attack and criticize other people. Happy kids that are, that are super stoked on life. They're trying to find more people to joy, to share the fire with. They're like, Oh, come hang out with us. Like they're, they're the, they're the gatherers of other people to their friend groups, but the ones who are really struggling, they're out there. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable being around them. And sometimes they're bullies. Sometimes they're future loan sharks and they're making they're like, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll loan you five bucks for this, but you're gonna have to pay me 10%. Like I've heard some crazy stories that kids are already starting to see that, Oh, I can manipulate this way. I could influence this way. I could get friends this way. And so as this all comes together, it creates stress. And it's not just work stress. It's not just future stress. It's just not your family stress. It's all of it coming together at once. And for some people, they can manage it. But even if they can manage it, doesn't mean that it's not real stressful. It's intense. And I have a different vantage point because I'm hearing this in my counseling, in my nonprofit. So I easily on any given week and I'm intimately talking back and forth. I'm not speaking to teenagers in the hundreds. I'm talking to them intimately in the 50 to 100 a week. So my exposure to that shows me that there are certain patterns and there's certain things that seem to be pretty collective. And that is, doesn't matter what the stress is, there's lots of it and they're trying to figure it out, but it's coming so fast that it's hard for them to like, 
it's like, okay, like what is school stress versus what is academic school stress? What is I want to start on the football team versus I'm not popular in my friend group? They seem like they stand alone, but they're all intermixed and they're all intertwined. I cannot wait for like your solution about how we handle it. Oh, there's no solution. I just want you guys to know that everybody's screwed. Just everybody we have a lot of problems. Get super stressed. And yeah. Job scared for me. If I just create the fire. No, I mean, I, I obviously there. Because I'm like, I think I've got like, I started sweating a little bit. I, well, knowledge is power. And so when people come to me saying, I can't relate to my kid's stress, I will tell stories like, okay, imagine what it was like for the first time when, you know, when, uh, you know, you get off of a boat. You hear rumors of this place where people trade, they work together, but there's different languages there. People come from different cultures. They have different expectations and they're all coming together in one place to try to work it out. Not everybody's going to work with each other. Not everybody's going to partner up and not everybody's going to have success. The market, and I'm talking about the business market now, it requires failure in order for success. And unfortunately with young people, they already start to see some of these patterns. If I'm not successful, then I lose. And if I lose, someone else wins. And if someone else wins, that only validates that I'm not worthy or if I'm not good enough. And it could be in dating. It could be in academics. It could be in starting on an athletic team. There's lots of ways that you're going to be measured. Taking the measurement out of the equation, I haven't seen that ever help with the teenagers independent living skills going on in life. So coddling them and you know protecting them from these things, but being cavalier and just dismissing their stress and saying, oh, they'll, you're fine. Or you'll make plenty of friends out of college. You won't even hang out with your high school friends. You only have three more years of high school. You're fine. Three years to a teenager isn't like, that's beyond eternity. It's like a lot, yeah. Like that, that's, that's a whole different, like three years they're looking at you like, that doesn't even compute three years. Three months is like three years to them. It's like three months is so far away. So having the discussion with people and parents, just like what we're doing right now with our listeners, introducing a different story, a different understanding, it's going to help you when you talk to your kids to not, sorry to use the example, but to not say things like that. Because what you said is exactly what you thought, but saying everything you think can go wrong sometimes. So, so step number one is probably acknowledging that you see this, the magnitude of what's happening and acknowledging that and not being like, oh, you know, it's just school. So a lot of parents have used work because kids usually hear their parents talk about work. Your kids know work stresses you out, even if you like your job. Even if you get paid ridiculously stupid amounts of money, there's going to be stress. You don't get paid lots of money without some sort of decision-making, problem-solving to happen. So what I tell parents to do is when your kids are talking about your stress, specifically when they're getting ready to go to school, one of the biggest blow-ups that happens is back-to-school shopping. That's when sometimes stress can come out through your teenager and can come out through you. But because you're trying to pick an outfit... It sounds like it's about the outfit. It sounds like it's about the clothing, but it's about a whole lot more or the cost of the clothing or how many of them they want. That wasn't part of the agreement, but it's a whole lot more than that. The stress of I have to be looking right and acting right and knowing where my new class is and and making friends, all these things. I tell parents to use things like uh, starting a new job. 
or doing something at their job that you've never been done, that you've never had to do before. You're scared, you're nervous, you're, you're gonna be criticized. This one mom, she gave a great example. She said, when she started this new job, it was the first time she ever got like a, a serious management position. So she wanted to be taken serious. And she was always taught that if a woman's gonna be successful in the workplace, this is just what she said, then she's gotta come in there, wear the power Lane Bryant suit on, and she wasn't gonna take no mess from nobody. But her personality was like, she was a pushover in her personality. She was trying to be this person. And so she just simply told her daughter, said, man, I know it's stressed. Like I was sitting there going, I'm going to be all this. I'm going to be all powerful. And as soon as I got there, I just started letting people do whatever they wanted. This, everything started to fail at first. My boss was like, you can't just give everybody every raise that they asked for. Said, I know, but they liked it. So she told about how she failed, about how she made these mistakes. And then she turned, looked at her daughter. It's like, so yeah, I get why you'd be stressed because I was stressed and there was reason to be stressed and it actually was really hard for me. The daughter just sat there was like, okay, at least my mom in her own way, she didn't try to like jump in the daughters like to relate to her stress. She said, she, shared she said, her. I have my own stress that what you're saying reminds me of mine because the mom in the past used to say when the daughter would talk about her stress, she'd be like, well, you know, it says, you know, this is high school, you know, kids are immature. She'd try to rationalize the stress. Stress doesn't have a lot of room for rationalization okay, sometimes. So step number two, after you've acknowledged how horrible the fire is, is to find a way to to relate to them, not by trying to tell them what you think they're feeling, but try to sharing with you, sharing with them how a time or a way that you have felt that stress and anxiety. So and relating. It, it's a great way for, if you're a parent out there that sh that has a hard time knowing how much to be vulnerable, how much to share about things, it's a great time for you to practice this. It's it, because what you get to do is you get to listen to your kid's stress. You get to sit there and think about it. And then to validate their stress, instead of trying to steal their thunder, steal their shine. Or out, like exactly. make your stress seem yeah, so, so much harder so, so, than so like, listen. Yeah, so I was gonna just tell you what you don't wanna do to relate. A lot of parents think they're relating when they say this. You think you have it hard. How do you think about having 500 employees that if I don't go to work, if I don't do this, they're not gonna get paid, they don't get their Christmases. And just the other day, I almost did, 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 did and the teenager's like, okay, note to self. Do not bring this up Do not bring again. this up again. <laughs> so now I have to deal with the stress on my own. Some parents, they realize that they miss those opportunities when they hear me say this because that was not their intention. Sure. They just, you suck at relating to your kid and being vulnerable to them as much as they suck at talking about their stress. Neither of you are good at that. I mean, you may be good at your work and they may be good at their friends telling their stress, but communicating it to a different generation there's a lot of pitfalls that could happen. So you always want to make sure that when you do relate, you say, huh, man, you know, like I'm obviously not in high school. I'm obviously, I don't know what that's like right now. Cause to tell them I've been a teenager before I know it's like, even if it's that true and it's real, it doesn't help. So instead you just, all you have to tell them is like, I can't relate in those ways, but you know what this sounds a lot like when I started my new job, I failed, they did this, but just take a moment. Don't get long-winded. It's, it's a quick, it's like, relation. and I remember when I was at that new job, I changed my outfit 30 times the night before. Walking out of the house, I changed my blouse. Like, you wanna show your insecurities were worried. When I went to work, you know, some things were cool. I wasn't sure if people liked me. Yeah, I just, that was a rough day at work. Man, so if that, gosh, you know, I never realized that's probably what it's like for you. And then the teenager's like, 
yeah, that's a close version of it. Like, okay, they're getting it. And they'll continue to talk about the stress. Talking about stress to someone who actually understands the type of stress you're going through or can relate to it in some ways will minimize the stress. Talking about stress to someone who says things that creates more stress only causes you to hold in the stress, not talk about it. Then you get better at hiding it. Then you get better at expressing it. So step number three really is just like, once you've acknowledged and you've related, then there's like, let's just talk about it. And in the talking about it, that's just going to kind of relieve the pressure, right? Yeah. Kind of just like we've talked about before, it shines the light on that shame. It shines the light on the fear and opens opens up that space for, okay, let's let's talk about it, which always diffuses the pressure. Find me a teenager who doesn't want to be in the know about socially what's going on in their school, what's happening. Every one of them. Even the introverted ones, they may go, I don't care about those kids. I just want to play my video games. But they want to know why their friends said they couldn't play a video game and then they saw them on Snapchat hanging out with another friend's house. Right. Even the ones that say they don't care, they care. Just some of them are so guarded. They don't want to show they care because they've been hurt. I talked to those kids. Those are the kids that when they're seventh seventh grade, they they invited a bunch of friends over for a party, like play pool and stuff like that. Nobody, Nobody shows came. up <laughs> and it destroys them. That's like men I've talked to. It's like, yeah, first girl I've asked on a date totally rejected me. And so now they have this, like, I hate women, but I want to be with one, but I hate them. But I want to, <laughs> and there's just this love hate relationship with that struggle. So regardless of where your teenager is at and expressing themselves, showing that they have stress Telling you that they have stress minimizes the stress and helps them be in the know. Because how are you supposed to talk about something and explain something that you don't understand exactly what it is that you're dealing with? And so talking about the feelings, talking about the stress, you validating the stress, then you taking the opportunity to just a short moment to find a little connection bridge to relate, but then putting it back on them saying, but that's as close as I can come. I can only imagine for you, it's way worse because I've never walked through a hallway wondering if I'm going to run into the girl who I used to be best friends with or run into the guy who, you know, he and I said we we're going to fight last year. And then we just both went away for summers. Like, does he still want to fight me? Does he still want to fight me? Like, these are primal things that are happening with these young brains, all this testosterone, all this hormones, all these things kind of coming together at the same time. So as parents having that knowledge and knowing how to talk about it like this, your kids will actually believe that you understand. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's say that I've just done these two these things. I've acknowledged that this is tough. I've related and and we're we're going to have a conversation and, and I'm about to like either dish out a platitude or ask a question you, you know, which we know questions bad. Statement's good. So how about if you share like a statement or two that that might give us a hack into opening up that conversation and establishing that you're not going to pry in there and that you're not putting them on the spot and that you're not trying to make them defensive. What is this what is a statement at, at this point that kind of opens up that conversation? <laughs> so I'm going to test you. Honey. And I'm going to write this down. 
No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to quiz you because we have a parenting workshop coming up. If you guys haven't signed up, you should. Okay, okay. Um, and this isn't our parent workshop. We'll see if you've been paying attention. I got this. Okay. What do I always say? I say there's three things. What do I say is bad? Well, questions. No, no. There's one is bad, one is good, one is better. What do I say is bad? Gosh, oh, well, crap. I, was, I didn't think you were going to fail this, Heidi. Okay, we got to have a meeting before we have this workshop <laughs> going on. Even Brandon knows this one. <laughs> it starts with an R oh. that's bad, and something else is good, and the third thing oh. is even better. Okay, okay. I think I got this. I. What are first responders not supposed to do? We're not supposed to react. Yeah, like, why'd you run that over that person in your car? You're like, what? why'd you hit that, you know, that cat while you're driving? Like, nobody means to do right. these things on purpose. We're not supposed to overreact. I call it freaking out. Yes, okay. yes. Reaction bad. What's Response. good? Response. Response is good. That means you have something already ahead of time that you've planned to say at that particular moment to minimize all the stress and emotions at that moment. But what is even better than responding? Well, it's like initiating a action. Initiation. Initiating. Reaction bad. Responding good. Man. Initiation. I was kind of sweating. Initiation better. This is why I can't go back to school, you guys. See, here's the thing. She <laughs> said this so many times. She knows. I just put her on the spot. So your question was a great opportunity for me to share how you can initiate as a parent. I want every single parent listening to this. No joke. Google statistics on teen stress. Then what I want you to do is you either share it with them through sending them the link. If your kids have cell phones, definitely, even if you send the link, I want you to go up to them and just say, whoa, you'll never guess what I just learned, what I just found out. And they'll go, what are you talking about? Always spark curiosity of your teenagers. If you want your teenagers to pay attention to you for a couple seconds and maybe give you a chance, you better spark their curiosity. So, then you go, you don't have to say the podcast, like I was listening to news, or I was Googling something and I just, I saw the statistics on teen stress. I honestly thought like, you have a phone, you have You this. guys have it easy. You What's have it problem? easy. You have it easy. <laughs> but what the studies are showing and the way they explained it, oh my gosh, teenagers more stressed than adults. I didn't, uh, I feel ridiculous because like it makes sense, but like. I didn't even know that. Like, what do you think? Do you think teens are as stressed as adults? So you started out with a statement to warm them up. Pay attention to their body language. And if you have an okay relationship, go and say it. Like, You guys, this hey, is such a great hack. This? Don't you love it when David gives us these hacks? This is a it's good one. It's Jedi. And the reason why it's Jedi, it's because you're telling them something that every teenager already believes anyways. And they've been waiting for you to like figure they've it out. They've been trying to prove to you that their stress is real. <laughs> right. And you guys have been debating and who has it worse. Let them win. Let them win. Teenage suicide is drastically increasing. Teenage depression, anxiety is increasing. They are winning. Yeah. That is that they're actually right. From the studies that we just read, and I'll have to look at some other ones, but this, the reason why I asked our producer to look it up because all the ones that I get emailed to me say basically the same thing. From 2012, it starts going up. What happened in 2012? What got really popular in 2012? Exactly. Smartphones and social media apps. So 
from 2008 to 2012, adults and parents, they started to get into this realm. Super and fun. And as soon as the teenagers, people were smart. They go, we got to make apps just for teenagers or teenage apps that are def- definitely going to feed and you know what their brain is craving. So that was successful. Now, I'm not saying it's just the phone. It's just the apps. There's a lot of things going on, just stress and pressure that we've talked about in general. But if you send them a link or if you just tell them, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. This makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of parents, I tell them, apologize. Say, if I ever made you feel like your stress isn't as bad as mine, I, I actually, I was wrong. I'm sorry. 100%. I bet you that every one of us parents that are listening do not believe that their kids are more stressed than them. And if you tell your parents that, if you tell you, if you're a parent, you tell your kid that, 83.2% of the time, <laughs> your kid is going to consider hanging out with you that night or eat your meal. I just made up the 80. 83.2% was an official non-scientific study conducted in my office. And, and but I no, just, joking aside, it increases your probability that they're not going to be in a hurry to run away from the conversation because you're validating them and you're actually not just saying it to try to get a relationship with them. It's true. Yeah. You just didn't think of it. And this is something that they just... They just need the credit. Well, once <laughs> you get the credit, out. once you get the credit, and you're you finally got validated, what can you do next? What do you think they could do next? What would it be easier for them to do next? Now they, they actually, can talk about it, right? They can talk about it, and they can start moving towards doing something about it. Why would you open up and share all the things that are stressing you to the person that, when you share your stress, only creates more stress? Right. Bad idea. So if you're sharing it to someone who relates to your stress, which is why your teens will go to other teens because they can relate to each other's stress. They're going through a lot of the same things. At least they're going to share the same opinions a lot of times. So why not you be a person that can relate to their stress? So now we get into this point where the the Heidi mom, the mom and me wants to let's like, so let's say we're already to this point and I've acknowledged that there's stress and we've talked about it and now I'm going to fix it, right? I'm going to start lecturing. I'm going to start like unloading all of my ideas. It's going to help their stress and it's going to just like make their life so much easier if they'll just, you know, do all these things that, that I think will work great, right? That's what I do next. Well, <laughs> Usually when people do those first couple of things, usually there's something in their instincts that tells them it's not necessary. The parents who have- I don't have that The parents who have a strong agenda and and they're just hardwired on the same pattern of like, I have to tell them the worries. I have to tell them the fears. I have to tell them the stresses. Well, now you're just making them more stressed. Like we already identified. So if you were to do the first couple of things- as a parent, you will feel so much more calm and relaxed because the conversation is going well. Most parents don't actually do that. But if you're a parent who's stuck in some bad habits and you need to, let's say you're a teacher, let's say in your own career, you solve problems and you do it by warning people ahead of time. I mean, I would probably do like, I would probably start saying, well, how about if we just make sure that we go to bed every night on time yeah, and that we get up on time and I'll get a great, I'll get a good breakfast for you and you're going to feel so much better. Like that's like. What my my would... wife would say, you need to drink more water. <laughs> right. Like her, her solution for everything is water. 
Um, it's just a little inside joke because it, it has been for years. And oddly enough, you know, she's usually right. Cause water it, is helpful. More water is helpful. So technically, <laughs> she's never wrong. She likes that. But in, in this particular situation, if you go back to telling the stories of your childhood, if you go back to long-winded examples and you try to ta- change this and make this a teaching moment, you miss the moment. You now made it better and then made it worse because nothing is worse than someone connecting with you and you feel like there's hope and a chance only for them to revert back to their old ways and you realize, oh, this isn't about, oh, this just isn't about me. me. Yeah. This isn't about me. It's about them having get their agenda out front. They connected with me and warmed me up differently. I didn't see that one coming, mom or dad, but now they went back to their old ways. See, it wasn't a normal conversation. But I'm happy to tell you that most parents, once they have those couple things that we just suggested to do, most parents actually feel comfortable and relaxed and they like the way the conversation's going. And it doesn't seem to like warrant the need to be long-winded. That's just people do that at a habit. And if you do that at a habit, don't say I screwed up. Now my kid's gonna hate me. Just repeat back later on. Hey, you know, earlier when we talked and I felt this really going, going really well until I over talked it. So that last part of it, forget about it. I really do um, want to help you more with your stress. Sorry if I added more stress to you from that, but that was not my intention. By the way, parents, it's so easy to admit your fails, and your mistakes. If you're going to your kids, if they have to come to you and call you out, you're going to be defensive and it's not going to be as easy to say you're sorry or you apologize. That's why when you think it, just go say it. Just say it. So many times parents will come to me and tell me all the things that they thought that they didn't say. Then their teenager comes to me and tells me all the great things that they thought about their parents, but they didn't say it. Then they got to come to counseling. We got to do an exercise to get them to talk about it. And then once they talk about it, things are way better, but someone's got to go first. So you guys are listening to the podcast, the parenting podcast. You go first. Parents have to do. Well, I, I, I definitely think that you know, this is an area that I have, that I have gotten better. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I have tried the thing like describe to me what it's like, tell me what it's like, take me inside, you know, help me understand. When you say teach me because I don't know, or I'm lacking information, I, I, I had my head buried in, in work for the past couple months. I don't know what's going on. Teach me that. Oh man, your kid loves those moments. They'll sit up They're like, well, okay, well here, you know, they want to be above you with something that you don't know because it makes them feel like they have value. It makes them feel like they're offering they're, something. Yeah. That all their life experience to going through school, they can come back and they can better their family. And that is the ultimate goal of adolescence is to reshape the family. When you have a, a, a toddler and you know, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, it's pretty much cut pace. Teach him this, teach him that, walking, ride a bike. It's not very complex, but the older they get and they start developing personality and you have to let them choose things that you think are ugly, that you don't want to buy, you don't want to pay for, you may think that trying to talk them out of it is a good way for you not to be uncomfortable, but what you're doing is you're not actually allowing them to develop their own personality. They make a choice, they don't like it, or they do like it, they get to figure out which one it is because it was their choice. Giving your kids opportunities to share with you and making choices how they're gonna handle their own stress makes you a great support person. You just have to prove to them that you're not gonna try to mitigate their stress in the way that you think they should. You're just gonna support them and 
maybe throw in a couple ideas every now and then. Which kind of takes us to the last kind of the final thing, which I think we've talked about a lot. Allowing your kid a minute to think about what might work for them rather than telling them what you think will work for them. And and you just said it right. Like maybe offering up some suggestions is a great thing to do. Like, but, you know, maybe we should try some yoga or, you know. Maybe. Or asking them would they even like suggestions. Yeah. If they say no, they go, okay, that's fine. But then now suggestions don't have this negative connotation where you're trying to push forward your agenda Every time a teenager's told me that their parents asked permission to give them a suggestion and they turned it down, the kid could actually feel bad later on because, oh, my mom was just trying to help. But if a parent says, well, you should just do that, it feels very intrusive. It's like, right. says who? Right. Like, what does drinking water and doing yoga have to do with me not being liked by that group that I want to be <laughs> a part of? Like, what the? Because his parents right. are like, you don't understand. The yoga helps me with my stress. And they're like, mom, what? Okay, I like yoga, but what does it have to do with me getting that girl to not hate me anymore? Like, right. what, are we going to go to yoga together? It's like, so it's play in their realm. We really have to let relate, them figure yeah, it out for themselves. Yeah, relate as much as you can with your own personal life, but don't stay in your own work life, your own personal stress. Just say it's probably like what I'm going through, but thanks for putting it in perspective. Use the statistics you didn't know. Make up a story. You, you watched it on the news. You saw this thing on Facebook and you clicked on it. Those are all believable stories because they're not necessarily a lie. You heard it through a digital thing called a podcast. You know, just be creative. And this is one way to be creative. Send them the information. Tell them that, wow, you had no idea. And then say, would you do me a favor? Even though you may not relate to any of these stresses, could you kind of share with me some of the stresses that your friends are going through? Because I'm just curious. Now, if they think you're asking for information and dirt on your friends to try to get you to not hang out with them, oh, they'll sniff that out really quickly. So you have to be very sincere. Your credential, your number one credential with your teenagers when they get older ages is your sincerity. If you're not sincere about what you're trying to help them with and they feel like there's some sort of mom or dad fear and agenda going on, it's going to be really hard to have the conversations that really matter. But if they feel you're sincere and you're just trying to be a support person, that's going to go a long way. Because teenagers tell me they are not quite sure of why people are helping them. They're not quite sure why their own teenage friend likes them. Is it because they have lots of followers? Ulterior motives. <laughs> Is it because they're trying to you know, meet your friend and you're just the vehicle to get to this guy that she likes? Everybody's questioning why, what are your motives? So your, your number one certification, your number one uh, thing on your resume is your kids feeling that your intention to support them and relieve their stress is sincere. I love that. And I, th I think that at the end of this conversation and at all conversations, it's so awesome to leave the door open to your kid of, you know what? Just, I just want you to know. I'm I'm here. If you want to chat, I'm here. If you don't want to chat, I'm here. You know, please feel like, you know, I'm really working on my not freaking out. I really want to be an ally. We're in this together. You know, and remember the one thing that we tell people a lot too is tell your kid the only way for me to get better at listening to you, the only way for me to get better at supporting, understanding you is I would need you to give me 
a chance. a chance. And I know I've I have blown it in the past. I you don't have to say I know I've blown it, but you've blown it too. But you don't have to add that. <laughs> that leave check your ego at the door. Check your ego at the door because that's not necessary to say. But if you say I know I've blown in the past. I know I have, uh, sometimes I get mama bear and I want to go beat up your friend or go protect you, but I need reps. I need practice. So if you are stressed about something, you come to me and you share it with me, I'd appreciate it. If I start to go tell you too quickly what to do, you can just tell me, remember? mom, dad, remember what we said? It's like, okay, okay. Because they will remember. But They will but remind you. But if you, you give someone permission to put you in check, they'll do it more gently. And they won't, they won't think that, you know, you're trying to be overbearing. They'll take it into consideration and you get reps listening and determining what things are worthy of freaking out and what things you just need to bite your tongue on and just give them a little bit of time. And you know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to do this over some chips and salsa. Well, if you're in Newport, Huntington Beach, and now their newest location in Oceanside, California, Sancho's Tacos. Sancho's Heidi's and I's favorite tacos. To, oh, man. Oceanside, so the good. one by my hometown. I'm Just all about you, it. Food helps I'm with the emotions, talking. And my family, we're all of our kids. My kid was eating hot guacamole and hot salsa at three years old. I'm like, whose kid is this? I'm like, oh, he's my kid. He's the spiciest guacamole there is. Oh, man. You guys, hopefully, hopefully. This has given you some things to think about um, as you kind of walk into this next school year. Um, just helps to keep these things in conversation. Have, have a have a run through with a friend of yours, with your sister. Talk through this, you know, and another fellow podcast listener, talk about it. Work out some of the clunkiness. Yeah, convince one of your friends to try this first before you try it. So why <laughs> right. don't you and be the experiment? You go first. Learn from them. Um, but... That, David, I love that. I love that suggestion. And and I think this is a great way. And I think even it doesn't have to be teenagers. I mean, I think that even... even Oh, this works with adult kids. It works with younger kids. In fact, everything when we start about the teenage years, those are the years where it's so obvious that the stresses are happening. But the younger kids, even in your family that necessarily aren't teenagers, if you start telling them that, oh my gosh, I don't know what it's like to be your age and be stressed because I can't remember what it was like to be your age. You are amazing me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well then, well then I, I need you to help me out. Like, gosh, I, I need to figure this out. I'm interested to know what other young people are going through that way. You know, just, it's better to know. And you give them a chance to be your instructor for a moment, man, not only does it help you understand where they're at, but it also gives them a chance to practice how to communicate their stress and feelings long before it gets turned up to the point where they're teenagers. Yeah. Which is, so long before they're stressed beneficial. and then they leave with car keys. <laughs> that's right. Cause that's, that's always right. much scarier if they leave in car that's keys right. versus if they leave on a skateboard or walking. <laughs> it's true. Um, anyway, so I think we better wrap it up. We, um, but we not without telling people, gosh, we got like a couple spots left for our workshop. Yes, we do. We've we got three spots left for our workshop. We do. We have a couple spots. We would love for you to come. Um, congratulations to our winner. Oh yeah, we did go ahead and winner. We did give it Ali. Oh geez, E. You guys, I can't remember this. I should have had this written down. <laughs> Sorry, Ali. Whoever, wherever you are, Ali, she did it to hey, me already. She's excited. She didn't remember the reactor spawn, the initiate. <laughs> that hurt me. <laughs> oh, Stewart. Ali Stewart. Ali Stewart. 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 Congratulations. You guys, we 
gave away two spots. And we heard from a lot of you, and we asked you, what was your favorite episode? And most of you said, don't stab the balls. And I just, I facepalmed every time. See the don't freak out <laughs> bracelets? We're deciding whether we're going to invest some company money into don't stab the balls bracelets. Sounds like that the, <laughs> the vote's in from the people. The people have spoken. Oh, I just cannot stab the balls in front of the foreign exchange students. Well, thank you, for, thank you for everyone who took the time to write a message, say what your favorite... Um, uh, episode was, and I, I, I can't pick those. We had to have one of our other associates pick that yeah. because Heidi and I, it's like, we want to give it to there, everyone. That actually came down to a full scale random situation because it was, it was hard. Um, we know that you guys are struggling. We know that you're stressed. We know how important your relationships are with your kids. And we love that you're listening. Um, and every win that you guys report to us, we seriously do a happy dance. Um, we, we're just thankful for this opportunity that we have to be able to just share the knowledge. Obviously I'm not a pro and, um, and I'm still learning and many of you are in the same boat with me. And, you know, when I kind of feel like I'm getting there with one kid, then the other kid is bottoming out. You know, and so I feel like I—it's this constant. Okay, wait. What did we talk about? What did what did I learn? What am I supposed to know? What am I doing wrong? Um, and so I feel you, and I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to you, David, for for sharing your information, and um, I would be grateful if you would get some footage of you surfing so that we can, <laughs> you know, have some type of visual when you talk about your, your surfing of how, like, how much we should really be respecting your surfing. <laughs> well, without showing you proof, I can tell you, <laughs> I don't surf. I'm a surfer. I There's a difference between all you Instagrammers out there that take a trip for a week or so, you get on a surfboard, like, yeah, hashtag surfing life, Southern California. When it's I go home, deal. when it's I go home, deal. I make a couple phone calls, and we get our boards, and we go on some treks. Like That's As far away awesome. as my wife will let me go, search for the waves, I go through long, stressful experiences looking for surf. I don't know so if you guys, I'll get some footage. I don't know if you I'll guys get some that. I was... Kind of, we kind of gave some background information about David as we kind of get these that. new new followers coming in, and um, I was, tr I, you know, we got to relate to people. I know. So we got to share with people, you know, David's yeah. David's background, um, and you know, you guys see my see my scrapbooking. So so here's what I'll do: I'll get footage of me surfing. And then I'll get footage of choking someone out in jujitsu. Okay. Would that make we you happy? Would love that. We would love or at least that. setting them up like a nice little sweep, armbar. No, I'll do it. I'll do a iponse onagi, <laughs> which is a judo throw, which would would look impressive. Okay, it's one of those throws where you flip someone out, wham, and slam them on the ground. I cannot. I cannot wait. So, but the problem is the footage may also show me getting hurt in the process. So I don't know. And then he comes in here, yeah. a lot of whining. Yeah, anyway. A lot of whining. <laughs> You Gotta guys your sympathy somewhere. <laughs> we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for um, telling your friends about it. We want to thank you for believing us and um, taking a chance. 
we know that if you're actually here and you're actually trying these things, that there's been other things that didn't work for you. That's right. And um, and we feel that too. So welcome to this journey. And we love you to be a part of it. And our goal, really our goal is just to have less of us out there freaking out. Have- yeah, we don't need more... We don't need parents in the backseat acting like kids. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) Have we solved our kids' problems yet? You know, no freaking. We're in this. We're in this together. And as we all get better, um, we're going to see change. We're going to make change, and that's what this is about. So, again, big thanks to our friends at Light the Fight who have been with us from the beginning. One eight hundred contacts. That's what I meant. We do have friends like the fight, but there's only two Our friends of them. at one eight hundred contacts. And we talked to them today already, so we we're su- super thankful for yes. them. Um we're thankful for the for the initiative that they make in their community and in, in their community inside the culture at work, but also in our community. Um I love how they're leading out. And um we're also super thankful to teencounseling.com and we're thankful for these resources in the world that we live in that can offer this as a solution and Couldn't support us more. in the podcast to make it possible for us to be yep. here. So um, as always, you guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening and thanks for helping us to light the fight. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.